I went to a comedy gig the other night, sort of first night out post baby number two. <laughs> uh, uh, hang on, comedy night. Are you a regular? Were you a regular comedy night goer, or was this quite a unique thing? Not a regular, but I'm a I'm a fan of comedy. I think it's a great night out, and yep. uh, we have a pub down the road that does loads of uh, work in progress. Uh, stuff and they get really big names so uh we thought we would check it out because i mean we moved to the area last summer but have been slightly busy with baby and stuff so we've not really been um <laughs> so we did uh we did go actually so it was uh it was it was a really good night but we um there were two showings and our friends from around the corner had gone to the earlier showing and we were going to the late showing so we were crossing over yep. and having a drink that meant we were the last ones in the room and that meant that the only two seats left available were right at the front (laughs) oh the seats that you don't want at a comedy gig because if they're going to pick on someone it's going to be the people at the front yeah and our friends had said to us because they had just finished saying oh yeah the compare will go through every single person on the the front row and so we had no choice that was it 150 people we were the last two wow so that was um I was pretty good going. So we did get picked on. And uh, and I thought, oh, well, this is quite fun. I, this has never happened to me before. I'm more than happy for somebody to rip me to pieces for a few minutes. Um, this should be fun. <laughs> and uh, so he goes through everybody, right? So, you know, he's uh, he's abused people on the front row for being an accountant or you know being called Keith or whatever, you know, <laughs> all the boring <laughs> stuff. And he's got loads of material. <laughs> And then, uh, and then he talks to, to my husband, to Ben, and yeah, he's he's abusing him about his job in marketing and all this, all this. It, it's fine. And he comes <laughs> to me, I'm the very last person, of it, and he's been going for like 25 minutes, like oh, on, wow. on everybody. There's about 12 of us, I think, and I'm the very last person. <laughs> and like, I am physically incapable of lying, as in I can't. I could never sit there and say a different name or a different job or anything like that. No, not a chance. I just, I can't. I can't lie. I'm, I'm the worst liar in the world. Can't act. Can't do any of it. <laughs> so I said to Ben, I was like, right, I'm just going to have to say, say it how it is. Anyway, so he, he says, well, you know, said Naomi. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a commentator. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. In sport. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, tennis. Oh, no. And he said, what sport? And I said, tennis. Um, and uh, he, he basically just didn't take the piss out of me at all because he was just like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then he just started chatting to me. He was like, oh, I'm a big fan of tennis. He was like, what's your surname? And I said, Cavaday. And he was like, oh, I've heard you on BBC. Um, and he's like, I've heard you on Five Live. And I was like, mate, there's 150 people sitting here and you're just having oh, a chat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was so annoyed. And do you know what? And do you know what? The, and then, um, so he was, he was chatting away. And it, as I say, it was so weird because he just had, first he had no material. And I think secondly, he just genuinely did quite like tennis. So he was like... Um, so he just started talking to me about it. He was like, oh, it's great you've come to the show and whatever. <laughs> and then uh, Ben comes in with the most perfectly timed line of just, all right, back off, mate. <laughs> and I kid you not, it got the biggest laugh of the entire night. <laughs> oh, wow. The biggest <laughs> laugh. And uh, after the show, we had like four or five different people coming up to us and being like, oh, mate, that was the best <laughs> The best because obviously he was given a bit back because you've got to think like this guy's been going for like 25 minutes you know laying into people about their jobs or their names or their appearance or whatever it is uh and yeah it was uh, it was very funny but um yeah no no laughs unfortunately about about my job my career my anything I was like come on I, there must be something but apparently not so basically he went through everybody in the front row and he was kind of having a joke with him and then he just had a chat with you just a chat <laughs> 
just to chat as if we were sat on a bench in the, <laughs> sat in a bench in so the this garden. So this is a comedy night. And he's there to, and he just—he was fanboying you. But also, basically, is what happened. Uh, well, I, I don't—I don't think that's necessarily the case. Well, but he'd, <laughs> he'd heard you on Five Live. He knew your name. He was asking you about your job. He was having a fanboy moment. I don't know, possibly, but um, no, I don't think he was at all. Um, I think he just didn't have any material because he was like, "That's a cool job." Uh, you know, we, I, to be fair, I think like. I'm sat there going, it is a cool job. I love my job. I don't, I, you yeah. know, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky because, you know, most people are sat there being like, oh yeah, you know, I'm an accountant or whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, I do absolutely Ooh. love my job. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> hello again. Now, I just hung up on you. <laughs> we, you were telling me the story about, about the comedian and him fanboying you. Yeah, and I suddenly remember because I was speaking to you on my laptop, and I'm very conscientious. I thought, oh, my WhatsApp's open, so I better close it so the messages don't come through and you don't hear it, forgetting that we were on WhatsApp. And I just <laughs> we're talking on WhatsApp, <laughs> um, uh, and I just hung up on you, <laughs> and I feel really bad because that was your moment in the comedy. I was about to call it the comedy store, but that's actually a place, isn't it? Or it was a place in in the city. And I just said, can I apologise for hanging up on you? <laughs> Well, yeah, you should. It's because I just, I just, I just found it really boring about your job. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, I think if you ever go to a comedy gig, you don't need to be scared about sit, sitting in the front row. You'll be absolutely fine. The guy, I think, that, they've I got think... no ammunition. And also, I, I must say as well, the guy was very good. Like he was very, very funny, and all of his takedowns were absolutely perfect. Um, so yeah, to all all tennis commentators, sports commentators, go to the front row, knock yourself out. But hang on, if you said he had no material, was that just for the front row or after he had had a chat with you, like you were sitting on a park bench? What did he do then? Did he have material or was that it? Oh, no, no, but, no he, so he was the compare. So he would come out, oh, sorry, bit of a chat. Sorry, sorry. He went through everybody in the front row and then uh, and then he introduced the first act and then he came back, did a little bit and then introduced the second act. So uh, that was his thing. And, and to be fair, you know, he's coming out with no prepared material. Although, you know, they, they do have their, their answers and stuff for... for obviously the more common more common jobs but there you go i'm just too cool so i, I left there just being, i said to ben on the way home i was like well that was quite nice for both of our egos wasn't it because you got the biggest laugh of the night i'm apparently too cool to take the piss out of and we both i had a couple of people coming up to me afterwards being like oh yeah no i've heard you like i love tennis and ben had people shaking his hand being like mate best line of the night <laughs> what happened it all happened because we were late and then i hung up on you i can't believe it that was oh god i wish there'd been a recording of it i think that's great so okay it's still not going to convince me to sit in the front row of anything even the pantomime you know panto at christmas you take kids along because they Mm. love it i'm not going anywhere near the front because you're either going to get wet (laughs) something's going to get thrown at you or someone's going to start talking to you about something so you know you know me i'm like you're safe i'm telling you i'm I'm telling you categorically you're safe this guy was very good he had absolutely nothing he he literally was just like well great (laughs) thanks for coming (laughs) i had a random moment like that with the boys were at football training on a saturday and we just went over to the coach to say like would it be continuing during the holiday and how are things going and suddenly he started talking about chelsea i thought this is really random this is you know and he said i know you work at chelsea i was like Okay, okay, right, excellent. And he said, do you know how I know you worked at Chelsea? I was like, I really, I really don't. And I was with another friend who had their son there. 
because the secretary, when she was emailing you, recognised your name and has heard you commentate. So then I started Googling you and I thought, it's getting weird now. So it's gone, it's gone from kind of, oh yeah, to slightly weird. So it was, I was like, oh. it, it was quite weird when I was just saying, you know, how many weeks off for Easter and he starts talking about Chelsea and I'm like, Okay, that is, there's no connection here, but I, I think <laughs> I, I think I think people. I, what I mean, we love our jobs. We're really lucky to do our jobs, and I think people. Yeah, but you can't. I'm just saying, if you ever do find yourself in the front row, don't mention Chelsea. I think they'll have a lot of material <laughs> <laughs> if it comes. Stay away from football. <laughs> if I say my name, they say, "Did you work for Chelsea?" I'm like, "No, no." There, there was definitely one that was there for a long, <laughs> long, long time. I nothing to do with them no I think it's uh but look we're really lucky to do our jobs we love doing our jobs but it's uh yeah okay so I'll keep the Chelsea bit quiet I'm also if you ever invite me to a comedy night I'm not sitting in the front row though don't think now we're heading for the front row because that that's <laughs> you can sit in the front row and I'll heckle you from the background I'm not sitting in the front row okay <laughs> okay okay fine I, I, well, I, there's no point to be sitting in the front row. This is my point. I'm never going to do it again. What a waste of time. It, just, it, it sounded, as you said, it was a great night having a little chat with you, people coming up to you afterwards. I love it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really fun, actually. It was good. And, and was it a nice night out without children? Was it nice to have a few hours? Yeah, no. Oh, it, was, it was nice. And it's, yeah. it's literally just down the road. So, yeah, it was nice. Babysa- babysitter in, all, all fine, all good. She's not been scared off, so she she will come back again. <laughs> she is so going to come back again. That, that's the key. If they say, if you, if you ever need me again, I'm here. But babysitting is very expensive. But I digress. We're not going to talk about cost of babysitters because I am without children in Paris. Having you made it. Arrived. Lots of delays, UK end. But I made it here and we are here. And you know what's amazing? The sun is shining. It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's blue skies. Roland Garros looks absolutely beautiful. There are so many people in. I can't tell you. So many people in watching practice. There were so many people. I know there's still qualifying going on today. I actually watched the end of Luca Puy's third qualifying oh, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He, he got through. Um, he's what? He's, uh, I want to say he's like around 670 or so in the rankings at the moment. Um, and the court was absolutely packed as you expect and his little daughter was there all his friends and family were there he lost the first set six one you're thinking oh but he turned it around and he came through in three he's got i think it's the first time he's won three matches in a row since the end of uh, 2021 and he's qualified at his home slam and oh it's just it's little moments like that this is what day are we i don't even know thursday afternoon and you've got a cracking crowd on the outside courts you've got the big guns warming up practicing on on Chatrier and you've got I'm going to say hundreds when I looked out of the window uh, watching Caroline Garcia um it's just really nice just it's a really good just it's really nice lots of people just milling around enjoying the sunshine and then as I say you've got one court you've got qualifying next court you've got I don't know Azarenka warming up it's just you know those days those days before the slam starts they're not they're not busy to the point where you can't walk and you can't get anywhere. You can get yourself onto a court. You can see everything. You've got the players kind of walking around in amongst everyone. It's those. I really like those days. I love the slams themselves, but I really love those days leading up to it. Oh, so nice. Because it has that element of calm. You know, like you still get to enjoy 
the slam for what it is, but the, you know, there's not masses and masses of crowds and, and, and things. And I mean, look, it's Roland Garros. What's not to like? Especially in this sort of weather. Is it supposed to be good weather for the whole two weeks then? Yeah. Because it's yep. warm. Someone told me. It's sunny. And yeah. dare I yep. say, and I'm going to upset some people here, perfect Rafael Nadal conditions. Oh, I, I thought we weren't going to mention him. <laughs> Maybe what do you we mean should not mention him. You're at Roland Garros. <laughs> I know he's not, but, but come on, his statue is. But it, it, oh yeah, the, no, they haven't just. Can you imagine if they remove that? <laughs> well, he's he's not here this year, so the statue's off. It's it's weird. Everyone's saying it feels different without him. I don't think it feels different now, but I think when the tournament proper starts, that's when it's going to feel weird. At the moment, it just feels like those kind of everyone's getting ready and people are gradually arriving, and there are still players in tournaments. But it it I think when it when it starts properly on Sunday, even though he probably wouldn't play, wouldn't have played on the Sunday, that's when it's going to feel really weird that he's not here. Mm, yeah, the final will be odd. Very odd. Yeah. Just, I know. Look, we, we've talked about it before. We were expecting it. Um, it, it would have been bizarre if he'd have played, um, really. But yeah, expected, but disappointing, really. And as I say, we, we've already sort of gone through it all, haven't we? But um you know, it, it's a big deal to the rest of the players mentally, I think. Because even if yeah. even if he had turned up unfit, which he did last year, but even if he had turned up on one foot again or, or whatever the situation is, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're walking out on Shatria against Nadal, you're walking out on Shatria against Nadal. It's no different just because the guy's injured. It's still the same ridiculous situation to be in, um, which is probably why he won last year uh, on one foot <laughs> and one numb foot. But yeah. I know. So we are going to dive into the draws without Nadal because he's not in it. <laughs> Thank you for stating that. <laughs> just, um, just in case people aren't up to speed. And the, the 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 headline, the headline has to be from the men's, is with Medvedev winning Rome that guaranteed him the second seeding, which meant Djokovic is that... That sort of dangerous number three. Where does he land? Where does he land? He lands in the top half of the draw with the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz. And I know that it's a long way till they would meet in the semis if that comes to pass. But that really stood out that they have both landed in the same side of the draw. Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, they've got to be the two favourites. I can't think. I can't think anything. Anyone else is matching them. I think Djokovic is the favourite, and then I think. Alcaraz is the next possibility, and then so I think on, jo- then I on. think there's a gap to a group. So hang on, Djokovic for you the favourite is that because I wouldn't say so that's that's not on form for you. That's on because he's been there, seen it, and done it. He's got that record over five sets. Is but, that yeah, because it's, it's on the fact that he's Novak Djokovic? <laughs> it's based on nothing. But, but he's but he's got he's got the elbow issue sure. how is that how bad is that how One, it, I, I say so, this okay. every time he's not 100% but ha- what percentage does he have to be to win the tournament 60 i i think i think more than that these days possibly think, no, and but that's the that's the conversation but i still think he's he's fa- he's favorite oh that's interesting uh yeah, I mean, look, there's a very obvious and a very good argument for why he would be, because he's been so in would that you, situation. So would you put Alcaraz as favourite? I'm sort of, I'm think, thinking on the hoof now, <laughs> as we have this discussion. Um, it's uh, it's a brave person to bet against Djokovic 
with his history in the competition, in Grand Slams, with his experience. I just don't know how much Yelbo is bothering him. I just... It's different, isn't it, now? I mean, but... I don't know. I mean, we'll give our predictions towards the end. Um, I'm happy. I think Medvedev's found himself in a lovely little section, that, that very bottom. He now can play on clay. Here we go. Medvedev, who used to, well, still a little bit looks like Bambi on ice, didn't like it, doesn't like it, don't like the clay. Here we go. Medvedev, who sort of slipped out of the high positions, got himself back into it. Not that I'm going to put him above the other two, but um, it, it's a lot closer and, it, and there's a lot more of the unknowns than we've had in recent years, which I think is exciting as much as we're going to miss Nadal. I think there are, there are question marks over Djokovic and it's not about his age. It's got nothing to do that he's 36 now. It's just, it's just the body. It's just, I don't know, those... I mean, Sitsipas, do we... Are we not thinking of Sitsipas because of where he's fallen and he'd have to face Alcaraz. So where sits a pass in this? And how about Rude, who made the two Grand Slam finals last year? And Runa, who seems to have Rude at the moment beating him recently. I just... Oh. See, I'm already. we haven't even looked at the draw. And I'm already thinking about predictions. And I'm already not sure. And I feel like you've made your prediction already at the start of this draw well, chat. I'm, I'm going to make a statement. And my statement... <laughs> <laughs> my statement is that Daniel Medvedev is not going to win Roland Garros it's not happening it's just not happening I know he won Rome and that's great I mean it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously incredibly <laughs> impressive he's not winning Roland Garros I don't see it with Djokovic Alcaraz and Rude in the draw so okay so you think Rude beats Runa because I think Runa beats Rude well, <laughs> I love they, saying those they, names together. Are they playing? I love saying those names. Are yes, Rude, Rude, and, Rude, Rude Runa. and Runa will face each other. Quarters. Yes, so Rude and Runa will oh, face each other. So and I fun, think, I think, I think Runa comes through that. And not just on his recent result against Rude. I just, yeah. I, I just. I'm, could I'm, easily be a match of the tournament, couldn't it? Do you know yeah. what? We, so I was working this week on uh, a few days on, on Geneva. And um, yep. I was looking at, at the top 10 because we were, we were doing Taylor Fritz, who is in the top 10. And the ages are quite incredible. I mean, yeah. Djokovic at 36 must be feeling like an old man because the next <laughs> oldest is Daniel Medvedev, nine years younger than him. Nine wow. full years younger than him. And then, can you believe, pretty much, there's a, there's a week in it, but pretty much in the third oldest joint is... Uh, Andrei Rublev and Taylor Fritz, third oldest in the top 10. Wow. Both of them That's 25. isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And if you think back to something like 2016, when like, I think we looked at seven of the top 10 were over the age of 28, and now only one is. Um, anyway, I'm just getting distracted. I'm, ju I'm just saying no, Djokovic no, no, is old no. and he's still going to win. But. No, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had the prediction. And there's me saying, there's me saying, I'm not taking Djokovic's age into it. And you're just putting it out there. He is old. Um, so, and I think, so looking, okay, so Medvedev, his run qualifier could face. Oh, it's a great draw. Payer, it's a great Nishioka, draw. Uh, Sinner, Rude. Who could be actually faces Rude? There's, no, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of an interesting. So his little mini section. So his other seed is Nishioka. So don't think that's a problem. Um, no. the, the mini section above him is quite intriguing. Borna Chorich, 
Dominic yeah. Team unseeded floating around in there. It's Dominic Team, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's just come nice on. to no. have him in no, it. No, come on. No, it, no, it's it's lovely to have him in it. But if you're trying to put Team into a conversation, I'm not sure about that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just uh, just in terms of playing. Are you just? I'm not. Are you just? No, okay, no, right. Move no, on. Move on. No. Next. We don't have time for this <laughs> absolute nonsense coming out of my mouth. Right. What's next? <laughs> You so need to lead we, this because I'm, 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 I've gone rogue. Have we? And I think. <laughs> um, right. So hang on a second. Do, uh, a word on the Brits, I think, as I think, I just think we should. Um, four from seven of the seven men there could have been, or on the men's at the moment, so we've got four. Cameron Norrie, who as we speak is, is still in action elsewhere. Um, Jack Dober, who is no longer in action elsewhere. Dan Evans and Kyle Edmund. I mean, Kyle Edmund still coming back, still using the rankings, still trying to get opportunities, trying to get wins. We had a handful fall in qualifying. Andy Murray's decided to skip it and get ready for the grass. What do you think about Cam Norrie in all this? Um, I don't know, really. I don't know. It's draw. It's draw dependent. I need to try and find him. Where is he in the draw? I've lost him. <laughs> I've lost him. I just had him. I'm just looking at your face and you're and you're staring. He's, he's not, not in, in your drawer. drawer. No, he's right. not playing. So, so is that the breaking news? That the, uh, the the British number one Cam Norrie is uh, currently in is he in Geneva, but he's actually not going to be. He's not going to be at Roland Garros. I just it's it, it is draw dependent. So much is where you fall among the players and in a wee bit up and down. But I, I, I'm just talking from a British point of view. I don't want people saying, well, hang on, Cameron Norrie's not going to win Roland Garros because he's not going to win Roland Garros. I'm... Oh, right. I found Come him. On, then. He's playing Benoit Pair. Yeah, that's his first round. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Is he... <laughs> Which you've dismissed as in he's going to win that quite comfortably. <laughs> yes, um, I have. And he will. Yeah, I well, he's, he's near the very top. So he, you'd be looking at a... Uh, a Massetti third round and an Alcaraz fourth round. So that's that's not brilliant, really. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, Cam. So, but for you, really, Djokovic is 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 winning. Is is coming through. Djokovic's draw. Um, let's go through it. It's uh, not he... as certain as it is at Wimbledon. It's not as certain as uh, it it has been in in years gone by. It, it's just. You know, he's Novak Djokovic. We've got Kovacevic first round, Fucevic possibly second. Then it could be Alejandro Davidovich Fakina or Roberto oh, Bautista. Yes, wait for that. Then it will be a Russian, uh, possibly. Of okay, Rublev I'm going to take everything Shonov. back. I, I, I think Alejandro could take Djokovic out here in the third round. No, That's no, what stop I'm saying. it. No, I'm such a just, big Davidovich yes, Fakina fan. I know, but I feel he's my favourite player. I feel there's just random stuff from you today. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, I don't think okay. he's going to beat Djokovic, but that's going to be a great match. So then Rublev or Hishanov against Djokovic. Yeah, I think that's fine for Djokovic. Alcaraz or Tsitsipas. And yes, Tsitsipas. Yeah, are you not... Tsitsipas, is, is he not no? Um, no, he's not. He's not no. I mean, he just hasn't... He just hasn't had the form that he's had in in recent years on on the clay. I know he's a former finalist. I mean, of course he could he could do. Look, th- there are a bunch of people that can win it, which is unusual for Roland Garros, right? The, you know, who's I, your I do bunch? Think, Go on, give me a bunch. Well, you've got you've got Djokovic, Alcaraz. Then I think it goes to Rude, 
Medvedev and Sitsipas in sort of a, a cluster. I mean, you want to put Rune in there, maybe. I mean, look, he just doesn't have the experience that the other guys have, right? Um, but and but maybe and and how much experience did Alcaraz have when he came in and won the U.S. Open? Not an awful lot. Well, he he had been number one in the world already. But it's winning a Grand Slam title. Well, yeah, but I mean, Rune's not been close to being number one in the world. I don't. I. I. I not necessarily. I. I equate the two. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think that's sort of the obvious bunch. Right. Um, I mean, they're obviously the top five players in the world, or six with Rune. I mean, that literally is the top the top six, and then you've got a bit of a golf, I think, to. To, to everybody else. So, I mean, the winner will be from that top six. I, I think that is is pretty certain. Okay. Um, I mean, how it falls, I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited to see. I think we've had jumped um, into the women and starting with, from a British point of view, no British women in the main draw. And that's the first time that one hasn't featured in the main draw at a Grand Slam since the US Open in 2009. Yeah. It's long yeah. Um, I saw somebody tweet about how we had loads of women in qualifying and how good that was, but it was actually because <laughs> people have slipped into qualifying from main draw. So it wasn't quite as positive as uh, people were trying to make out. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, the British women on clay is always a, it's always a, a tough one, isn't it, really? Let's... Let's be honest. I mean, apart from the run from Conta to the semis, um, you know that was, of course, complete. She hadn't won a match before that year at Roland Garros. It was absolutely extraordinary. Um, so it can be done. Um, of course, no Emma as she recovers from her surgeries, and um, yeah, I mean, look, expectations were low, and focus will go to the grass. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, defending champion Iga Shvant. I think what's incredible about Shvant, we spend a lot of time talking about Alcaraz and his age and Coco Goff, who's still a teenager. Oh, wow. Still a teenager. But Iga Swiatek, she's looking for a third Roland Garros title and a fourth Grand Slam title. She's only 21. I mean, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I mean... think, I don't think we, we really focus on that enough. And I, I don't know why that is. It Maybe because she's taken to it so naturally and so comfortably as the world number one in winning these titles, but she's only 21 years old and she's looking for a third Roland Garros title. Well, she acts and speaks like she's in her 30s, doesn't she? She's so yeah, in control true. and so uh, mature. She's not, you know, she just doesn't come across like that at all. I mean, I would, you'd, you'd watch a press conference and guess she's like 28 years old, I think, or as I say, like pushing 30. Yeah. She's she's phenomenal. Um, and then, of course, everything that she's she's achieving. I think it's... <laughs> It's probably because of you know the ridiculous run she had last year. You just sort of expect it, really. Um, and she just has fallen into that. And I think it was hard for her to deal with at first, where you know you can only ever meet expectations; you can never surpass them because everybody expects you to win everything. So you can't ever, you can't ever really do well. You can only ever, you know, have the reaction of like, oh, me eager, yeah, of course she won it. It's fine. That's yeah. <laughs> top seed by a mile just, of course she's going to win it uh, but, but yeah I mean she's just, got to be feeling good coming into this no well I mean she, the thigh problem you know how how bad how bad is it hopefully she's had enough time to I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing when 
players fall early in Rome, whether it's injury yeah. or they lose early. I, I don't, I don't necessarily. I remember when it happened to Nadal in the past. Remember he lost early in Rome, and then he was on his yacht, and that's probably the best place to be because it has. Eagle got a up. yacht yet? Is she is she in the yacht club yet? I would Soon. say she could afford a yacht. She must a be small on. one, a small not how Nadal's you, yacht. No, Nadal. Well, how much do yachts cost? I think a what lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than you think. I mean, I know she's earned quite a few million at this stage, but I think she could buy a yacht. A small one. She, she could buy. No, a small come on, yacht. I think even quite a big one. It can't mm. be that. Not like a, not like a big one of you know those ones, those really really big ones that have helicopters landing on them. Not one of those. Right, yeah, yeah. Not. A you could tell yet. we're not. You could tell we're not like boat people. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> but she could definitely I I don't know how much a yacht costs but I think I don't think she's a yacht person but I think she could afford one she could have one parked up at the Cannes Film Festival right now if she wanted to yeah yeah okay maybe but um but she's but yeah she's, no I see I I read it in Rome I read it as sort of precautionary as in yeah eyes are on Roland Garros you know of course it was a a tweak but just taking no chances just that's it you know and also, she loves to manage expectations, like her idol Nadal. And I've said this every, every, every year, every every time she does this before Slam, she manages expectations. She does it deliberately because that's what Nadal has always done, and it works for her. Um, you know, it does. I Me, mean, U.S. Open last year, you got sucked in to her complaining about the balls and saying, "Oh, this just doesn't suit my game. The balls are flying," and she was fine. She won yeah. it. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did get know. sucked in. A but that's bit. what she does. She likes to manage people's expectations. She'll she'll talk about it in a press conference and say the thigh is still bothering her, and she'll uh, hopefully be fine. But again, for one so young, and I know she's worked with Daria Abramovich for for many years on the mental side of things. But it's just how mature she is. It's how she's held onto the number one slot, and she's run with it. And I know she initially got it by default because of Barty retiring but she has grabbed it she has taken it she has run it and yeah the the gap is 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 closing a little bit now but I just love how she's dealt and I also love how from being a self-proclaimed introvert that she is trying to maximize on on who she is and you know get the PR company involved and put herself out there and and look into other things I just think she's she's just good isn't she if if just she's just great um and yeah yeah I just I think you know and she's she's got her eyes on the prize and she's so I'm actually I'm interviewing her at media day I'm doing media day tomorrow for nice for the FFT we've got a you're gonna ask her about a yacht well we (laughs) I really want to no I need to find out how much a yacht costs first because it could end up not that I'm gonna ask her this because we've got like a little quiz we're doing but it could end up being a very daft question, but I still think someone who's won, somebody who's won three, four Grand Slam titles, looking for a third here, has enough money for a yacht. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, no, I'm not asking her about a yacht, but I am looking forward to speaking to her because she's she's lovely. She's always, you know? She is. She's always lovely. Uh, someone else who I've always had a massive soft spot for is Arena Sablenka. Someone else with an early exit in Rome, but that was not through injury. That was through defeat. Winning Madrid, and again, I don't think it's a bad. Th- I mean, she's got Marta Kostyuk Sabalenka in the first round. That could have a few tense moments for other reasons, but again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Sabalenka to to have gone out early in Rome and prepare herself for Roland Garros. Yeah, I think she's gonna be feeling pretty good. 
really. As we talked about the conditions. It's going to be warm. It's going to be fairly lively. I think that's going to suit her game. She'll be able to hit through the court nicely. I think she's in a, an amazing place. She's a Grand Slam champion. She's got it all going. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why she couldn't be holding the trophy in a couple of weeks. Like, you know, she just... I wouldn't necessarily say she's the hot favourite. It's tough to do that with Shiontek in the draw. Um, and, uh, you know, women's slams have been fairly wide open for for some time. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like she's in a great place. You know, even the pictures um, and videos of her practising uh, at Roland Garros, she's just so relaxed. Everything, yeah. I, you know, I just sort of want to be part of Team Sabalenka right yeah. now. You just feel good things are coming. Grand Slam titles, big major tournaments. It just seems great. Another team, it wouldn't be a bad thing to be a part of right now if you want success, is the, the Wimbledon champion because she is going along very nicely. Fourth seed, Rabakina, one Rome and a potential meeting with Shiontek in the semi-finals, which I think could be an absolute blockbuster. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tempted to pick Rebecca as a as a winner. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a bit of a machine, yeah. isn't she? Because you talk about backing up Rome, it's difficult, but I mean, does anything phase Rebecca? <laughs> feels at times it seems like she's not really that human because she doesn't really do human emotions, does she? Um, so, oh yeah, I mean in terms of the handful of people who can win this tournament. Look, in reality, there's loads of people who can win the tournament, but the handful that, you know, you think really are on track to, she's she's right up there, I think. Um, I really enjoy, I oh, just yeah. really enjoy it. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I also really enjoy it when a game star like that becomes really consistent because those two things don't go hand in hand you think of Sabalenka over the years the big ball striking you know you have Kvitova. high highs and, and low lows Kvitova there's plenty yeah. of them around yeah. um, but when that game style becomes consistent it starts getting very interesting because you know when she's yeah. reliable and also she's got the temperament for it as well which is probably what Sabalenka's had to work on a little bit um, you know technically there's no real flaws so you know she's everything's looking looking pretty good so that's when it you start thinking okay she's she's just going to start rattling this stuff off now on Jabeur, she's been here for a few days now she's been documenting her time here looking very relaxed out on the on the practice courts at Roland Garros she's been dealing with injury in the lead up to it so close last year to making that breakthrough where for you I, I assume is she in your pile of contenders and if so how High up is is Jabur. Well, yeah, I mean, she would be because she's always a contender. She's on Jabur. Um, but did, didn't she lose on the Sunday last year, the first day? I thought she was first match on Chatrier and lost, didn't she? Like, yeah, just yeah, gone yeah, before yeah. some people had even arrived, I think. Um, and everybody was sort of hyping her up. I know she obviously did, went on to do amazing things, Wimbledon and, and US, but um, that was, uh, yeah, quite quite interesting so yeah I don't know I don't know is she somebody that I think is on track to win Roland Garros the element of the clay the form yeah I'm, I'm not convinced but then she's got the experience now of getting to that final match at a grand slam and we talk so much about experience and making your way through the door and yes she had a very early exit and it was such I remember that the emotions afterwards it was a real shock because we were talking about her going deep she's a former girls champion at Roland Garros and then 
as we touched on, she'd go on to make that breakthrough at the other tournaments. But she's got a lot of it. I know form and the injuries, but she's she's got a lot more experience now behind her about handling situations. And I just, I, I, I think I, I'm not sure there's anyone who doesn't have a soft spot for Angebert, if I'm honest. But it would it would be lovely it would be lovely to see her go deep. Uh, one of the first rounds, uh, someone. A favourite of mine is Bianca Andreescu. who has got Victoria Azarenka, who's the 18th seed in the first round. Who comes through that? Um, I think Azarenka. But it should be fun. I think Azarenka, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean it would be such a great match. If that was first round, like US Open or Aussie Open, like on the hard courts, because they're both such great hard courts, hard quarters. That's definitely their... Um, uh, their favourite surface but um, it's great to see Andrescu coming back and she is showing how hard it is right it's really really hard you know you can't just waltz back to your level um, I'll pick i pick Azarenka for that but I want to watch it <laughs> um, Coco Goff a really nice article actually on RolandGarros.com about she had the obviously the, the fairly recent changes um with Diego Mayano leaving the coaching team and she's trying to kind of reassess and, and regroup after that and get that aggressive side back to her game. And we touched upon the fact she's still only 19 years of age, but she knows what it's like to reach not just the singles, but also the doubles final at Roland Garros. So for you, where is Coco Goff right now and how much a part of the conversation would she be? Yeah, I mean, look, I think she could win. I, I I could see that. I think for golf, I don't know if it's harsh to say, you know, if you think she's in the top uh, quarter, so she'd be playing yeah. Sviontek in the quarters. Yeah. I don't know if she's got beating Sviontek in the quarters in her, but I think that if Sviontek got beaten by somebody else, for example, I think that uh, she might be able to come through. I'm just, I'm not sure whether those big, big, big victories are right there for her at the moment. I think she's playing very consistently well and I think she maximises when draws open up. I don't know, that might be being really harsh, but I feel like, you know, I can sit here and say, yeah, Goff could win it, but then I think Goff against Fiontek walking out on Chatrier for a quarterfinal, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I see that. Is, that. is that a mental point of view, the game, or a little bit of both? I think a little bit of the game. I think it's because there's still quite a lot of uh, vulnerabilities in the golf game that need, you know, sort of the the confidence. I, I absolutely love Coco. I would love nothing more than for her to win a slam and soon as well. Um, but yeah, so I just think, you know, playing against those players on these courts, these sorts of situations, it feels like they might be able to find a way to get at her. I can't see her playing flawless tennis sort of round after round after round is what, what I'm trying to say. So she'll have to sort of battle her way through. And I'm not sure whether those vulnerabilities allow her to do that. But I I, I say it, and as I say it, I'm thinking, you're being so harsh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry to the Goff fans. On my list of players who I want, I know no one has a right to win a slam, but on that list was Sabalenka, that box is ticked now. And yeah, Goff and Jabir, the other two on my kind of shortlist of people. I just really want to win a slam. A couple of first rounds that are going to be a lot of fun. Elise Corne against Camilla Georgie. Oh, yeah. Just, that's sort of more a personality thing, but I think that could be a lot of fun. Danielle Collins against Jessica Pagula. 
That could be interesting. That could be fun. I know Collins hasn't had the form of late, but um, yeah, no, that's another. Just looking down at some of these first. Um, Yelena Ostapenko, one of those ones, has the consistency, doesn't have the consistency, knows what it's like to win Roland Garros. Are we would would you give Ostapenko a little dark horse sign next to her? She's coming in as a seventeenth seed. Yeah, I mean. You know, she, she's having some form. It might not be Grand Slam winning form, but she doesn't need Grand Slam winning form she to win a Grand it. Slam. No. You know, because no. by contrast to what I was saying about Goff, I could totally see Ostapenko just playing flawless tennis for two. Because well, she's yeah. done it before. But you no, know, I could I could totally see her just zoning and being like, oh yeah, I've just won another Slam. Thanks very much. Yeah, this is my second. <laughs> I'll be collecting more. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just a different a different vibe, really. Um, I mean, do we expect her to win it? No. No. I mean, is she in the top five of people who are likely to win it? No. But I, I, I could see myself just standing there nodding when she's lifting the trophy going, yeah, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> who, who knows? So, come on then. Who are your, your winners from the men's and the women's? And, oh, and remember, our, our tradition of picking winners is... Awful, atrocious. Didn't have we, have we, we must have got something awful. right at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I think we've gone for some very obvious ones. Like I yeah. think maybe last year at Roland Garros we probably said Nadal. I mean, we, we, I think we have had a couple, but largely, at least one of us has lost either one or both by the time we do the pod at the end of the first week. Yeah, no. Yeah, we're not. Don't come to us for predictions. That's never, never listen to our predictions. That's fair enough. Well, I would want to start with the women. Uh, no, start with the men because I think. That's, oh, okay. Oh, let's, that's, let's do the men. that's my hard. That's my harder one. I think. Oh, do you really? Do you think? Um, I think. I think. I want I'm the final. S- I want who's going to be in the final and who's oh. going to win. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I want okay. the. Didn't I want the that. final. Yeah. Well, yeah. if Alejandro Davidovich Shakina does not. <laughs> Take out Djokovic. He's in not the third going round. to. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Oh, I want to be there for that. Um, I mean, I just, I think Djokovic is going to win, and if he doesn't win, it's going to be Alcaraz. But I think Djokovic will come through that top half, um, and then so the bottom half. Ah, it's so difficult, isn't it? Um, is it going to be Medvedev? Is it going to be Rude? Is it going to be Runa? I think, I think Rude. I think Rude. Really? Yeah. <laughs> last <laughs> last year's finalist, and that's your response, really. Well, the form until recently hasn't been there, has it? Come on, no, I know. Want to tie? Don't want to tie recently, but he's, the form, he's, okay. he's in Geneva yeah. playing to get some matches. Yeah. He knows yeah. he needs yeah. matches, but maybe he's just going to peak at the right time. And, got, and yeah. he got a title recently, and he's been in a couple of finals before. You can't and... win. You can't win the title in the first week. He's going to just you know be going up a nice, nice curve in his uh, his form. I think the f- oh sorry, so you go Djokovic. Was that it? Is that Djokovic that to beat Rude in the final? I'm going to have. Uh... Alcaraz to play. <laughs> I really think Medvedev's just gonna win it because <laughs> it's, it's what he It'd be just very does. Medvedev, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, he'll just. Oh, I like play and, now. Yeah, I like play. Roland Garros. Like, that's not hard. Uh, and do no <laughs> celebration and be like, "That's easy." And you're like, "Of course it is." Um, I feel it's. I want to. I want to say a couple. 
I want to say it's going to be Alcaraz against Medvedev or Runa in the final. So Alcaraz to beat Medvedev in the final, you're saying? With slash, a shout out to Runa. Slash Runa, yes. Nice. So, but Alcaraz to win against one of those two in the final. That would be so I don't, great. I'm not, what a I'm final. not going to... I'm not going to fair where, well, especially if he's facing both of them. <laughs> um, <'cause, laughs> uh, right. I think I'm probably going to do the same for the women. Right. Who right you're first you got? for the women. No, you're first for the women. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got in there with the men. <laughs> um, oh, you had the easier one, I think. I think Sabalenka is going to reach the final. Oh, my word. I think Sabalenka is going to reach the final. Mm. And she is going to face. Hang on, I just want to check something before I I put myself out there, and it all goes wrong. She oh, she is going to face. Ah, uh, we are going to have a repeat of the Australian Open final. Oh, oh, and but who's going to win? Yep. Sabalenka. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be another cracker. But it's, I think, I know the Schwantek, I know, and you're going to say, I, after this, you're going to say, you got sucked in again about her thigh. <laughs> I'm telling and you. I just, I think Rebecca, though, this, she frightens a life out of me. She frightens mm. a life out of me because she is so steely, so lovely and soft, but cold at the same time. And just, yeah. Okay, so that's my... Do you have a great career my... as a serial killer after this? <laughs> She'll be like a, uh, a, a sniper or something. If she wants one, shall we add? <laughs> it's just a suggestion. Right, right. Your um, your suggestions for the women's final and the winner, please. Well, my initial <laughs> instinct is that Sabalenka's going to beat Rebecca in the final. Oh, okay. That's my initial initial we're we not going we're not going uh rogan so hang on. liking i feel like we have to put somebody in the final who's not who's not been there before well i i i put runa in that was my rogue on the men's side so i'm just i've 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 ruled it back i've brought it back a little brained it in a bit okay. so um so shviontek we're both not putting shviontek in the final which is interesting We've done yeah, we've done this big thing about how amazing going for a third Roland Garros tie. She's twenty one. She handles things so well, and we've both knocked her out. Yeah, and I, but, I, but I I think that's an error. So because uh, I'm now thinking in my head a Siontek Rebecca in a semi final, and I think Siontek wins that. So yeah, okay, I'll, I'll have to put Siontek in the final. Maybe I'll get rid of Sabalenka. Well, I was going to say that's not exactly going rogue putting my, my, Sabalenka my winner from against Fiontek. Okay, so you're so you've now okay you've got rid of the person you think is going to win it, and you're going to go rogue in the bottom half. So who are you going to put in? Kasatkina. There's no one to go rogue. Sloane Stephen. Ostapenko. I mean that's just way too rogue. No, well, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's a it's a it's a former winner in the seventeenth seed. Yeah, I mean you got Pagula in there as well. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I, c I can't really see who's going to beat Sabalenka. Possibly a Garcia. That would be fun, wouldn't it, for the crowd? Garcia. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we have okay. to end this conversation at some point. <laughs> so, for, for the sake of all our listeners. <laughs> yeah, we should have done some preparation on this, shouldn't we? I didn't realise we were going to do two names. Um, Sviontek's going to be in the final against Sabalenka, and Sabalenka's going to win. Oh, wow. So you, you ended up not going rogue at no. all. No. Okay. So... We've both got Sabalenka for the women. 
and I've got Medvedev slash Root. No, I've got Alcaraz, and you've got Djokovic. Oh, we honestly, yeah. honestly, <laughs> have it we might really? Happen. It might happen. I mean, I mean, honestly, there's we're not daring at all, are we? It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but as we've said at the start, people don't listen for our predictions because they're rubbish. Um, but we're gonna. You're you're working. We're both working on it. You're there. I'm here, so I can report back on all the all the French goings on for people yes. at the end of the first week um, across the radio and TV so that's going to be a lot of well, fun you might have your hands full with the French players because uh, with Gaston racking up his fine and Moutet's antics on the, his match the other day in in Lyon Benoit Paire well, as you say is playing Cam Norrie there'll be plenty plenty in the first few days and Luca Puy who's come through yeah qualifying so we're going to have all the kind of ah that's all happening so, but you like that don't you when you're at the home slam you want the home players to be doing well and doing causing stuff to happen because that oh, gives you the, the atmosphere doesn't it the, the french players doing well late in the evening in five six it's just the best it's so great so yeah no, i want them all to, you know, do, all to do well you know we haven't predicted any of them to win any of the things but we're going to get the atmosphere. And look, Grand Slams are a lot of fun. They they are. This one is harder to predict than it has been because we haven't got Nadal on the men's side. But um, massively looking forward to it. We've got Media Day because we're speaking of those tomorrow. So that's when the great and good come in and they're quizzed by everybody about what's going on. I'm doing kind of a fun thing, which I'll tell you about next time. And I'll, I'll tell you how who is the funnest of the people I'm speaking to. So um, that's to come right. in the next pod. Uh, I've got Rebecca coming in, so let's see, let's see. I'm gonna try nice. and crack her, <laughs> and yeah. if I get if I get a chance, you might destroy her chances at Roland Garros if you know. break her. That'll be it. <laughs> She's if you like break rolling around on ice, the floor laughing. <laughs> she'll just go all floppy. She won't be able to function. It's all turned to jelly. They'll be like, stop laughing, stop laughing. And if I get a chance, I'll well, I'll do some research about how much a yacht, not a super yacht, but a yacht costs. And right, I'll nice. find out if, if Svantec, while she's reading her books, likes to do it while lying on her yacht. So there's uh, <laughs> there's there's plenty for me to get stuck into. <laughs> oh, well, have fun. Uh, thank you. And we will, um, we're going to reconvene, well, we, we chat most days anyway, but we will reconvene with the pod sort of roughly halfway through and see well I'm pretty sure some of the people we've predicted to win will still be in because we've pretty much gone for the favourites but let's see how we're doing with all our kind of players things sound good? yeah excellent enjoy thank you very much I'll speak to you soon au revoir